On the Way Home is proudly supported by Ellis Dong Community Builders, a group formed within the Ellis Dong group of companies to assist those who wish to deliver affordable and sustainable housing by providing development management services and leveraging Ellis Dong's turnkey cradle-to-grave project capabilities. We incorporate all that a world-leading development, construction, and building services company has to offer to provide innovative and sustainable developments that connect and energize communities. Our offering is not simply a development and construction solution. It's a holistic and comprehensive approach that ensures the delivery of assets that communities can be proud of. To learn more, please visit www.communitybuilders.ellisdon.com. We at On The Way Home would like to acknowledge the original stewards of whose lands this podcast is recorded on. In York Region, we recognize we're on the traditional territories of the Wendat, the Haudenosaunee, and the Anishinaabe peoples, and that this is the treaty lands of the Mississaugas of the Credit. And in Vancouver, we acknowledge that we are on the unceded territories of the Coast Salish peoples, the Musqueam, Squahomish, and Tsleil-Waututh, whose presence on these lands continue to this day. Welcome to another episode of On The Way Home. I am Michael Braithwaite from Blue Door, one of your hosts. And as always, I am joined by the fantastical <laughs> Stefania from CAH. Steph, how are you doing? I'm good. I love that my uh, weekly affirmations just grow in <laughs> the word use that you that you search for. So I really enjoy fantastical. That's great. Did how I are even you use that right? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> how are you doing? Good, good. Lots of stuff uh, happening at, at Blue Door. Many of the things we covered on this podcast. So we're looking at things like community land trusts, um, and we're using some of those municipal tools that have been suggested through uh, different podcasts. So very busy times as always. And I know speaking of busy, and that really loops in today's guest and what you're doing, you're very mm-hmm. busy right now. Yeah, so we are just in the throes of planning for the 2021 National Conference on Ending Homelessness, which is of course virtual this year, but uh, the work that doesn't change the amount of work that goes into it and care and love and attention and all those things, which of course is happening next week, uh, November 3rd to 4th. And I guess that just kind of, I'll just roll into introducing our guest, uh, who also just kind of happens to be my boss. Uh, so, you know, just leading into the conference. Um, so, yeah, I'd love to introduce Tim Richter. He's the founder, president, and CEO of the Canadian Alliance to End Homelessness. The CH leads a national movement of individuals, organizations, and communities working together to end homelessness in Canada. It's, you know, just in the name. Um, Since founding the CH back in 2012, he has hosted the annual National Conference on Ending Homelessness uh, pretty much since then, uh, and including this year's first ever virtual conference. So Tim, welcome to the show. Hey guys, I I didn't get my fantastical boss in there. (laughs) My fantastical (laughs) boss, Tim Richter. There you are. (laughs) There you are. (laughs) Perfect. Well, welcome, Tim. We've uh, we've started a new question just with, with all guests mm-hmm. on the show, and it really is around home. And so, what we want to know, Tim, is what does home mean to you? Uh, well, I'm going to steal a line uh, I I heard from Jesse Thistle, and he said, "A home is love," and I think yeah, that's the best way to best way to put it. I can't think of anything better, and I'm not going to try and improve it. I think a home is love. 
where you belong and where your people are. Um, yeah, it's where you could be yourself. Absolutely, yeah. It's it's been really lovely asking that question um, for the last, yeah. I guess, couple of weeks now, and uh, it's 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 lovely the variations that we that we hear, and I, I love Jesse Bessel's definition of home. Um, so, as I mentioned, you and I are working away on the conference. It's amazing we mm -hmm. even made time for this podcast. Um, but, you know, I, I just wanted to bring up the fact that, you know, we've done, how many conferences is it now? Was it 9, 10, 11? Uh, it's every, every, year, every year minus one like, since 2012. I think it's around eight then, I think. Yeah. So, you know, I just wanted to bring up why we decided or you decided, uh, we collectively decided to postpone CH20 mm -hmm. and make this conference virtual. Well, we, you know, I think we uh, we had to postpone CH20 because we were in the in the midst of the pandemic, and and it just didn't at that point for for 20, we just didn't uh, didn't know how how the pandemic was going to play out. We didn't have vaccination, so it it just wasn't going to be safe for us to just to get together. And uh, for 21, um, you know, that when we had to make these decisions almost a year ago. Um, a little less than a year ago, it, it, it still wasn't clear that it could be done safely. And as you guys know, our, our sector's just taken a heck of a beating over the last uh, last 20 months. And the, so the people who would attend the conference might not have been able to uh, anyway. And so, you know, we thought, well, let's let's find a way for us to get together one way or the other. It, it, it ain't going to be perfect, but let's let's try and gather the movement again. Uh, and at least spend some time in the form that we can and hopefully next year get back together in person. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, I think it turns out in the end that it was the right call to make now that we're, you know, uh, a, a less than a week away from it. I think it's mm -hmm. it's definitely makes me feel better that at least there's that opportunity to still collect. So mm -hmm. other than going virtual, what can folks expect at this year's conference? Well, you know, every year we try and make the program a little bit better, try and improve on previous conferences, try and reflect kind of the current state of uh, the movement and uh, ending homelessness in the country. And we, we try to make the conference, uh, you know, as we we like to say, the place where you can get ins inspiration, information, tools and training you need to end homelessness so people can come get the things they need and start putting them to work uh, in their communities. And so this year, you know, we've made a few improvements and additions and testing a few things in the in the program. For example, we've instead of integrating lived experience across the different streams, we've created a dedicated stream for people with lived experience, which is essential for friending homelessness. We wanted to start thinking about what do equitable homeless systems look like and, and begin to think about how we better address, you know, reconciliation, diversity, equity, and inclusion in, in homeless systems. We have some new content on, on pandemic response, and we're also adding a stream on unique populations. So folks that may not fit in one of the other, uh, one of the other streams, but we're still going to have some great content uh, from, from our partners and ourselves. You know, again, this year we're joined by the Canadian Observatory on Homelessness, uh, Away Home Canada, the Women's Housing, uh, Women's National Housing and Homelessness Network, Canadian Network for Health and Housing of People Experiencing Homelessness and others. And uh, I think we pulled together a pretty, uh, pretty sharp program. No doubt, uh, as a participant at, in many of the conferences uh, in the past, mm -hmm. you know, you hit on everything there. We leave inspired, um, connecting with different people across 
not just across Canada, but from around the world mm -hmm. and, and going virtual even opens up those opportunities even more for people who may not have uh, been able to go in the past. And we get to connect mm -hmm. with all those people at the conference, many who I'd say are, are heroes. And, and mm -hmm. on that theme, maybe you could tell us a little bit more about the Pandemic Heroes Contest that CAH mm -hmm. is putting on. Um, I've, I've also mm -hmm. heard that the deadline was extended until November mm -hmm. 2nd. Yeah, well, so this comes back to the point, you know, I just made over the last 20 months, the sector is just absolutely taken, uh, you know, a beating. And we think a lot about our doctors and nurses, first responders, essential workers. And I, and I don't think that we've really appreciated what frontline workers uh, and others in the homeless system have done uh, over the last uh, over the last year and the and the toll that it's taking. You know, there was a new study out of the uh, CAMH Center for Addiction and Mental Health about the state of uh, uh, health and mental health for frontline workers. And over 80% of frontline workers in the study reported declines in their mental health. 40% re uh, reported post-traumatic stress and other indicators of burnout and, and stress and, and really worrying trends. And, and if you think about you know the folks at Blue Door, uh, you know, my team, the others that, that are working in the sector who have just gone not only have, has their work become much more complicated, um, but they've taken on pretty incredible risk. If you think about you know, a shelter worker that has to go to work and care for people who are extraordinarily vulnerable, uh, but then you know, this is before a vaccine, not, not knowing whether or not they might catch it, bring it back to their families and worrying about all of that. It's just, it's been really remarkable. And so the flip is we wanted to celebrate people. We, we, we want people to see what the frontline workers in the housing and homelessness world have, have done. And there's been some really, really uh, remarkable things. And we, we extended the deadline in part to make sure we can get as many of these videos and testimonials in as possible. So really, this is like a, you know, a love note to the homeless sector. You know, I want people to understand that, you know, they're their service, their sacrifice, the risk they've taken, the burden they've they've carried uh, has been uh, is is seen and understood. So we're collecting short videos. Um, we want to share those videos, and tell those stories on our website, on social media, and if there are people at the conference, uh, we'll see them there as a as kind of a love letter to the to the sector and a thank you. That is amazing. Yeah, in our sector, I know you know the folks at Blue Door and all our partners across the, the the country, everyone working it. We have a tough time saying no because lives depend on it. But that does take its toll, mm -hmm. and it's the least we could do is recognize them. So uh, hopefully, people will send in these videos, recognize these heroes uh, as they deserve mm -hmm. to be recognized. Um, every time you have a conference, uh, one of the takeaways for me is you always have incredible keynote speakers. And this year you have mm -hmm. uh, Dr. Andrew Basari, who's been on this podcast and, and was fantastic. And mm -hmm. journalist uh, Tanya Talaga. Um, mm -hmm. Can you talk to us a little bit about what goes into the process of picking a keynote? Uh, and what mm -hmm. can you tell us about these two special folks? Well, I, I'd love to tell you there's a real science to it. I think there's a bit more art than science in this. But, you know, when we think about when we think about uh, picking our keynotes, we're looking for you know where where can we maybe push the envelope a little bit? Where do we highlight important topics? What are who are people that um, you know folks in our sector really want to hear from? 
And you know, this time was no different. Dr. Bizarre, um, I'll call him a fan favorite. Uh, Steph knows what I mean. <laughs> he's, I think he's a bit of a fan favorite among people in the homeless system. And, uh, you know, he's a real inspiration for, the, you know, the work he's done um, in in the home system, but but just how effective he is as an advocate, right? And just how passionate he is about uh, social justice. And you heard that uh, on your your podcast. And I think he's. Uh, I, I'm hoping you know he's going to reflect back to folks in the sector again. You know how their sacrifices made a difference, and how as a sector we have to speak up for those we serve right uh, because they don't uh, have voices of their own uh, voices they do have voices of it but they aren't heard right and so we have to help uh, carry carry their voice and he's he's terrific about that and you know a fan favorite uh tanya talaga is i, I read her book seven fallen feathers a, a little while ago and uh you know reconciliation decolonization and and really understanding that has been something that the alliance has been uh, wanting to do consistently through our conferences. We've had others, uh, you know, like Pam Palmelder, Cindy Blackstock, uh, Grand Chief uh, Littlechild, and, and others um, who have really helped us understand uh, the impact of, of colonization and residential schools and helping us articulate and understand a path forward on reconciliation. And, and um, she, you know, she's she's one of these uh, uh she's a warrior i think like like pam and like our others and, and just a huge inspiration and and super super smart and i think uh, folks are going to love what uh, what she has to say well so they, they might find it a little uncomfortable what she has to say but i think it's stuff that we know we have to hear and uh and uh, she's going to be terrific Construct, a social enterprise by Blue Door, provides high-quality residential and commercial construction and property services in the greater Toronto area. More than a business with a heart, Construct is a real solution to preventing and ending homelessness. Through its eight-week paid skills trades training program, complete with wraparound supports and on-the-job work experience, Construct lifts people out of poverty and into opportunity. To hire Construct for your next project or learn more about Construct's employment program, visit constructgta.ca. I think so, and I think it's been sort of a year of that um, for many of us with that discomfort, but I think it always mm -hmm. leads to a better place. Um, so today, when the podcast drops, which is October 28th, mm -hmm. this is the last day folks can register uh, for CH21. So I strongly encourage mm -hmm. anyone currently listening to continue listening, open up a tab, uh, go to our website, conference.ch.ca, um, mm -hmm. and register for next week's conference. So uh, other than that, because I feel like we've, we've done a good job promoting it, um, mm -hmm. other than the conference, what, what is the Alliance working on right now, Tim, that, that you're really excited to share or talk about? Well, um, you might have seen Float Housing <laughs> behind me. What's that? Uh, what's that? Yeah. Well, <laughs> yes, Steph, do tell. Um, well, I, I think there's there's uh, there's a lot of uh, things going on. Like we we now work um, we work with over seventy cities around the country, and there's a lot of really great stuff happening on the ground. The thing that I'm most excited about is seeing how communities are continuing to make progress on chronic and veteran homelessness. Um, you know, I expect you're going to start to see um, reductions, uh, you know, more communities talking about reductions, those communities that have achieved reductions, achieving deeper reductions, and those others closing in on, on uh, functional zero. So 
continuing uh, to support those communities is, is really exciting. We're looking again at, uh, we've got a, a new government, I guess you call it a new government, it's the same government, you know, but new, I guess, anyway, uh, in place and, and we're gonna be working hard. Uh, we know this podcast will drop, is dropping on the 28th and so we'll have a new, we'll know who the minister is and uh, be in touch with, with them and uh, really working hard now to advance the, the six points that uh, Vote Housing has uh, promoted and push for over the summer and really importantly talking about how we are going to, uh, how the government is going to implement their commitment to ending, uh, ending chronic homelessness. And so a big part of what uh, the Alliance does is, uh, is uh, lobby the federal government in order to get resources to communities to get, get the job done. Uh, but we're, you know, we're seeing some really exciting uh, progress uh, across the country. Uh, there's lots of other things, but I think in particular, I'm, I'm really interested in, you know, as a sector, you know, digging into what is an equitable homeless system. You know, how do we address decolonization and reconciliation and how do we work with Indigenous partners uh, to do that, to do that the right way? So you can expect the Alliance to be leaning into more of that stuff, uh, certainly very soon. Very exciting and so glad. I mean, the work you did for Vote Housing was, uh, and in leading that, leading that mm -hmm. um, throughout the country, um, was just incredible. We saw it at the beginning. It may not have been on uh, people's radars, but by the near the end of the election, it was one of the top issues and mm -hmm. keeping that momentum going moving forward. I mean, I'm going to borrow the United Way and the GTA had. Uh, as their tagline was unignorable. And I think that's what you've made housing. Mm -hmm. You can't ignore this anymore. People see the urgency, they see the issue, uh, and CAEH mm -hmm. was uh, leading that uh, that charge and really brought people together around that. So nice to see that mm -hmm. uh, that is gonna continue. Uh, we've talked about it, it's been a very, very challenging uh, couple of years uh, due to the pandemic. It's always challenging in this sector, let's be honest. Um, mm -hmm. And the people, you know, it's been, challenging for people experiencing homelessness. Uh, Leah Denbach, uh, a while ago, uh, who's uh, mm -hmm. does a lot of amazing photography work telling the stories of people experiencing homelessness was saying, you know, why people were rushing for toilet paper, you know, people experiencing homelessness were looking for toilets, why people were complaining about staying at home. So many didn't have a home to stay in. Mm -hmm. I thought that was so, so powerful. Um, we talked about heroes. I'm hoping that you could name some of your pandemic heroes um, that have done some uh, inspiring work during COVID-19. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I, you know, uh, the, <laughs> Steph will know that I, I can go on at great length, and I'm sure you guys have a time limit on these things, so <laughs> I'll, I'll be careful. But it, I mean, honestly, if I could name every staff member at Blue Door, if I could name every staff member working in the shelter, and I think about you know, just what, you know, what I've seen our, my team pull off, uh, you know, in over the course of the pandemic, you know, it's, uh, we talk about pandemic heroes, but it's almost everyday heroes when, when, you know, acts going to work is almost an act of heroism and they do it on a regular basis. I think about the people that have, uh, you know, gone to find folks and work in encampments and support them in, in a very dangerous circumstance, you know, that old Mr. Rogers line, you know, look for the, look for the, look for the helpers, right? And uh, there's, there's, there's people that, that come to mind. One, uh, one in particular, 
Uh, and again, there are many others at risk of naming people as you leave people off, uh, right? Mm -hmm. But there's a, a couple of people in, in particular that I want to recognize. One is Dr. Andrew Bond, mm -hmm. who works at Inner City Health Associates in Toronto. And he's led, uh, he's been like the medical director of the Toronto's response on homelessness. Um, when the pandemic was first unfolding, um, late in January and February of 2020, he was the first one to recognize just how dangerous it was going to be and how awful it could be for the homeless system and people experiencing homelessness. And he was very, very quick to raise the alarm. And it was only because he raised the alarm that we had any idea that something bad was about to happen, right? We, you know, and potentially catastrophic for people experiencing homelessness. And, you know, he very quickly, and we, even, even knowing that this thing is coming, knowing what to do about it was the next big thing. So how the hell do you get ready for a pandemic? across the country in homeless shelters and homeless systems and you know he very quickly with inner city health and some of his other colleagues developed an outline of you know how to protect people experiencing homelessness stuff that's still on the website the cmh3 uh, and that was absolutely instrumental because the public health system did not come to our rescue right the public health system for the longest time was so busy with everything else people experiencing homelessness, homeless shelters, others were down the down the priority list. So it was up to us. The cavalry wasn't coming. Right. And and, and Dr. Bond made it, uh, you know, w took that leadership role, raised the raised the alarm then gave us good advice on what it is we, we, we can do. And then made that, uh, you know, help give, you know, give uh, communities a roadmap. Right. And how to do Isol you know, social distancing, isolation, quarantine, um, those kinds of things in a, in a homelessness context. Uh, and I think really helped this, uh, you know, from this thing from, you know, being a crisis from becoming a catastrophe. And we still don't know how many people were infected or lost their lives, which is, which is terrible to, to think about. And it still plays out. Um, the other person I think about is, um, uh, is Adam Vaughan and the, and the federal government. And, uh, again, you know, there's, I, I refer to homelessness as a jurisdictional equivalent of a high school dance because it doesn't, homelessness doesn't fit neatly in anybody's jurisdiction. And more often than not, you've got governments all standing around in, in the side, staring at their feet, waiting for somebody else to make the first move. Um, and, you know, we didn't have to say much. We, we talked to Adam, talked to his colleagues uh, in Ottawa, alerted them. Uh, to the crisis and over the course of the pandemic so far, um, not including the rapid housing initiative, but they put over $500 million directly into homeless services. And without that money, the homeless system in most of the country would not have been able to respond as quickly as they did. And that paid for everything from PPE to helping vaccination to uh, overflow shelters to quarantine facilities. And without that, again, you know, a crisis could have easily turned into a catastrophe. There are many, many, many others, but uh, those those two folks, you know, top of my mind. Absolutely, and I mean, I think of both of those. But when the pandemic uh, snuck up on us in the system, it was a bit of a holy shit moment because we are not set up to deal with it. We have overcrowding; mm -hmm. space is always at a premium. It was very, very dangerous. And wow, yeah. through the will of those two individuals you talked about and them moving quickly and many, many others, you know, there's many people that still were ill and died uh, in this sector, but 
it could have been so much worse. I'm so proud of in, in my region, New York region, even Blue Door, mm -hmm. we had two outbreaks. I mean, it was incredible. Mm -hmm. We're talking about hundreds of thousands of people throughout the GTA. Everyone really pulled mm -hmm. together. Um, and it just goes to show you how strong the sector is when we have that political will, when we have the resources, when we work together on what we can mm -hmm. do. Um, and Tim, you certainly are not sitting around staring at your feet. You are the guy with a, who brings his own cardboard to the dance and, mm. you know, breaks it down. Um, you're if doing only you saw me at a high school dance, you know, that wasn't true. <laughs> um, Listen, you're doing incredible work, you yeah. and the team, and I have the pleasure of always working with one of your colleagues on this podcast mm -hmm. who's doing incredible work. She often says, after this, we'll have a bit of a lull and we'll be able to, and that never happens because there's so much to do. Um, she is an optimist, that's why. <laughs> and, and you know what, I'm glad, mm -hmm. glad you're doing it. Where mm -hmm. can people go to find out more information about the great work you're doing? Well, visit uh, visit our, our snazzy uh, website, caeh.ca, that uh, Steph has been so great keeping together and all the other sites that are that are connected to it. There's a lot of great stuff there. For sure. And of course, conference.ch.ca conference. um, mm -hmm. to register, learn more about the video contest. Um, and, uh, you know, folks have an opportunity, a chance to win some cash prizes, which is lovely. And uh, yeah, so Tim, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to join us on the show today. Thanks, guys. Well, you know, it's uh, it's always amazing to hear about all the stuff that you and Tim and the rest of the gang at CEH are doing. Uh, you are giving us that national voice. Um, you are lobbying for so much. We're so grateful for it. The work that you do makes it easier for folks like us at Blue Door to do the work that we do uh, on the ground. And, and so looking forward to this conference and looking forward to uh, seeing all the different pandemic heroes because I know there's so many. Thanks for setting this up, uh, Steph. It was, uh, it was a great podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're really excited for next week and I'm really excited to share all the videos that have been coming in as well. Wow. It's going to be, I think it's going to be a nice moment to reflect, take a break, be inspired and kind of celebrate how far everyone's come because the work still continues, right? Absolutely. Maybe, just maybe we will find one of those videos of Tim at that high school dance, um, <laughs> either staring at his feet or, or breaking it down uh, yeah. for us with yeah. his hat on sideways. We'll see. Way before the iPhone. Before the iPhone. <laughs> That's the beauty of it, right? That's thank <laughs> Thankfully, uh, it was before that. So thanks everyone for joining us on another episode of On The Way Home. Steph, Tim, we'll see you next time. I'm Andrea Askowitz. And I'm Allison Langer. And we are the hosts of Writing Class Radio, a podcast, but we are so much more. We have writing classes. So if you are looking for live online classes where you can join a community, write to a prompt, get feedback, and get better, check out all our classes at writingclassradio.com. 
and listen to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and at writingclassradio.com. Produced by Cryer Media and distributed by the Sound Off Media Company.